The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Kwame Lazarus Sports Talk. We are live. It is a Tuesday morning and it is 9... What time is it exactly? Yeah. 9.03. 9-ish. <laughs> yeah, 9-ish. Ish, this sounds like to be early in the morning. There uh, you go. No, I need, we need that 10 o'clock time. We got Deborah Debris online. Deborah is, is recovering from a lot of traveling and some other things. How you feeling, Deborah? I'm doing good. Doing really good. I have to give up my, uh, what is it, game ready, I think it's called, my ice machine today for icing down my knee. So I'm a little sad about that, but otherwise <laughs> doing all right. Well, you had to send it back to the place? Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, that's why that insurance, that insurance is a scam. You're supposed to keep it longer than that. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I had one of my players, uh, he's like, is that the game ready one? He says, I went out and bought one because he ices down his elbow after every, uh, uh, you know, workout and stuff. I wonder do I have one in my garage. I think it's one you, you ice up and you wrap it around you and it blows up and tightens up that area. Yeah, it has a, it's a machine that you put ice in, or I have bottles that are water, you know, full of water that I freeze the bottles to eliminate the mess. That, uh, yeah, it just wraps around, Velcros around my, well, for me, it's my knee from mm-hmm. the torn meniscus and stuff. And uh, it just, yeah, like you say, it blows up and puts that icy cold water all around the entire knee, and it's like, it's, it's kicking. We need to hit Alex uh, in the knee with a bat because he's the only one on the show that doesn't have anything, no knee problems. I know. We could tell all sorts of war stories, and uh, he's well, not I'm, part of it. I'm going to aim at his knee, but it might hit him in the back, so we, we'll You're see. Do one of the, uh, what was the, ice skating? Yeah. So. You, you can reach Alex at, at Clancy. <laughs> at Clancy Corner. Um, Alex not in the studio though. He's a little bit under the weather. It's that time. You know, Arizona stays warm all the time, and then, you know, the little cold we get, people think, um, you know, it's, it's winter time here, but it's, it does get cold in the dead of winter when it's freezing cold elsewhere, but it, it's pretty warm here, so you, you're able to throw on a short sleeve shirt, and that's when you catch. This is my, uh, aunt, my, aunt, my aunt and my grandmother always tell me, that's when you catch pneumonia, when you think it's summertime when it's still winter season. Right. Well, we've got all the allergies and stuff, too. I mean, things are starting to bloom out here where, you know, back east they're covered in snow, and we've got things blooming and causing all sorts of problems. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. The good news and the bad news all in one sentence. I develop Alex out here. All right. What, uh, what's going on? Let me see. I got going on. Don't forget uh, March 25th. Tuesday, March 25th, you can join us at Armadillo's Grill. It's a special live taping. Quamalizer Sports Talk. That'll be from 10 to noon. Now, I know the time is changing. The show is at 9 now. I really, really got to get that show to be at 10 all year long. So we got to figure out how we're going to do that. I got to talk to John about that, see if that's 
even a possibility because this nine o'clock is not going to work for me. But uh, ten o'clock is not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> the whole traveling thing and all that. Too nah, many uh, yeah. drivers out driving. I can't. Yeah, exactly. People, I mean, it's just not going to work for me. That that traffic is not going to work. <laughs> Um, 10% of the proceeds would uh, go to the Kwame Lassiter Foundation. Uh, another 10% probably would go to the Heart of a Legends Foundation. Uh, there's more details to follow also. But the uh, location is uh, on um, 1904 East Camelback Road. That's in Phoenix, Arizona. That's Armadillo Grill. That's the dealio. What's going on there? You know they have good specials there. I know we're going to talk about some sports in a little while. But Friday martinis. $5 Friday martinis. Mm. Deborah, now you, we're talking. You don't really drink, Deborah. You might I can sell, give up the drinks or give up the drugs and go right to drinking. Well, uh, you sound like Brett Favre now. Look, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Friday martinis, five dollars. They got vanilla. This see, this sounds good. And I'm really not a. When I used to used to drink, and used to used to drink was hard, and heavy, hardcore drinking. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Heart condition. Um, vanilla latte martini. Doesn't that sound good? Ooh. That sounds amazing. I used to do uh, vanilla white Russians. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, so that sounds really Palmer good. Grant Cosmo, Ooh. strawberry pina colada, teeny. Oh, yeah. Apple teeny, obviously. Three olives, dirty martini. I go dirty martini. I go filthy martinis. <laughs> that, I go it, down and dirty martini. That's down and dirty martini. You know what? You might get them to uh, change that name. Oh, there you go. Name a drink after me. Dirty, dirty, down and dirty martini, <laughs> which will be the same thing as three olives, dirty martini. But that's it. Be, it. All right, well, that's at Armadillo's Grill. Don't forget to join us March 24th. We got a, a 25th, I'm sorry. We got a live broadcast. Also, what do I have going on? I have a masquerade ball going on March 15th. I'm supposed to show up somewhere and auction off something. Um, is it, what is it? Cocktail, dinner, and entertainment. International Surgical Foundation, which is it's benefiting the International Surgical Foundation. Tickets are individual tickets are two hundred dollars. Table of eight is two thousand dollars. VIP three hundred and fifty dollars. VIP three thousand dollars. RSVP by March tenth. Well, we passed March tenth, huh? We we are by a day. Black tie optional. Mask is preferred. Preferred. I also got a tournament. Um, May twenty fourth and twenty fifth. The twenty fourth is going to be at a gala. I'm still working on that. But the tournament is a golf event. It's May twenty fifth. That's at El Conquistador. Uh, Bernard Grantnell, he's uh, taking care of me. He's taking care of me well, actually, as far as the courses fee and everything and the work they're putting out there in Tucson. He's got the room down at El Conquistador uh, Resort down to 119. I got to get that down to 79 because I want to get more people to come out there and stay, and I believe they can do it. If they, yeah. gar- if they have guaranteed guests, they can do it. Yeah, that's double occupancy and stuff too. So just get some people to room up with each other, and it goes really cheap. You can't, you can't room grown, <laughs> you can't room grown men together and room grown women, uh, men and it women. Just, it just starts conversation. Yeah, it talks. You start getting into some whole different things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some sport. Let's talk about real quick. Uh, Jackson, Phil Jackson is getting control of the New York Knicks, uh, which I don't understand. The guy lives in Montana. I'm not saying he doesn't know his basketball. Or he hasn't been around basketball. I'm sure a guy who's been, who has 11 world championships, Chicago and L.A., knows his basketball. You have Jordan, Kobe, Pippen, Shaq. You have some players that could get you those things. But it is his philosophy. The, uh, the Zen master is what they call him or what he called himself. It is his philosophy, the triangle offense. Uh, but he, the New York Knicks is getting him full control. And I'd like to know what full control is. Is that... Is that everything? Um, does he have to be in New York? Um, 
what what's what how bad was it or how bad is it obviously it has to be for the Lakers not to even bring him back on the staff I know he and Jerry Buss I mean Buss the son Buss have a bad relationship right now but you're giving someone full control of your of your basketball operation they do whatever you want to uh, it's guaranteed they got to find them all kind of apartment and stuff like that but it has to be real bad for the Knicks and they don't even know if they're going to keep Carmelo Anthony so he doesn't know what this team going to look like unless they know something that we don't know behind the doors and I'm sure there are plenty of those things but I'm thinking Carmelo Anthony is going to Chicago. Carmelo Anthony wants to win. He wants to be in that category with the LeBron James, Kobe, uh, Durant, even though Durant doesn't have a ring yet, but he's he's a closer to a ring than um, Carmelo is. So Kevin Durant, uh, Westbrook over there in Oklahoma City Thunder, he wants to get to a team where he has somewhat of a big three like Miami does or a big two with an extra guy and Chris Bosch that Miami has to possibly win this championship. So, well, that's I, the thing that's interesting. I'm curious if it's an either or. You know, either Phil comes in and you know Carmelo leaves, or Carmelo leaves and and Phil Jackson comes in, or you know just how that's going to work out from you know budgetary wise. Um, looking at Phil, of course, he's got you know his his hearts with the Knicks, played with them for a whole bunch of years, and you know loves that, but he's never really been with a team or coached a team that has had that has so many problems going on right now. Um, you know, he's worked with teams that maybe he's you know, had some young guys he's had to mentor and bring up, you know, and those type of things. You know, even working with uh, uh, Jordan, you know, back in the days when he was in his younger days. But this is a whole different picture for Phil. If he walks into this, you know, can of worms, it's uh, it's going to be different. He's going to use them, have to use some skills that he hasn't had to use in the past. And then the question becomes, who's going to be the coach? Hey, well, you know who's going to be the coach? He's Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson's going to be the coach. I don't know why they they circumventing this situation because it, now he he may be able to do it because they have a coach over there in um, uh, Miami and the uh, great. Let me think of his name first, but he's he's the basketball operation. He does everything. Uh, coach the Lakers um, when Magic and those guys. Uh, now he's sitting in the background, and they've been able to win championships over down there in Miami, and been in the mix for at least four or five years. Dwayne, what about Eric Spolstra? No, not Eric Spolstra. He's, no, he's, 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 he's front front line. Yeah, he, Eric Spolstra was the guy who worked his way up. I can I can appreciate yeah. I can appreciate somebody like him. This guy was a ball boy to film study, and you can't say he don't know basketball watching that many films every day, year in, year out, then getting getting on the bench, being an assistant coach or some capacity of, as the coach. But Phil Jackson, you asked who's going to be the coach. I think it's going to be, from the back, from the back it's going to be Phil Jackson. He's finalizing a deal with the Knicks. Probably take, It should be done today. But when you sit in the front office and you have that, that type of resume that Phil Jackson has, he's probably going to bring in the coach he wants. Well, and I've heard some rumors, um, and it's just talk, nothing more than that, that, uh, you know, Steve Kerr is a possible coach because he and Phil Jackson, you know, really get along well together, and uh, he might be a good fit for that team. Steve Kerr? Uh, there, there's a lot of guys out there that could do it, but um, you you got to find the – he has to – Steve Kerr works because Steve Kerr played under him when they were in right. Chicago. So that works, and he knows that philosophy. If he's going to teach from the background – and the problem why Phil Jackson is not the coach is – some minor thing is that he don't want to travel 40 games. He don't want to be on that plane 40 times. Right. 
And, well, he's got a marriage to tend to at the same time. He's always had that, right? Mm, yeah. yeah well, on and off. Yeah, on and off. But no, I think, well, they go on first class too. I've been on planes where head coaches had their wives and their wife. Right. On, on a plane, so they can Back go to, but you know, if it's a, they have different life, they have lifestyles they have to lead up to, but I think she's still affiliated with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. So yeah, he's in New York. Uh, like you say, he did play for New York. Maybe you want to go back home. You can always go back home. But I think at the end of the day, he may come down out of the box and and be the coach, unless he get a guy like Steve Kerr, who's played under him and has the philosophy down as far as what he does with that triangular offense. And maybe it's not the triangular offense. Maybe he's revamped it or or tweaked it a little bit. Where whereas you know you you can go out there and get it done offensively. Well, that's be the curiosity too is how much time has Phil st- uh, spent not just watching basketball but actually studying film because that's that's a huge difference in you know watching what's going on with these guys. The other thought I'm, I'm curious about is uh, this is a different type of ball player than what he's used to, you know, from back in the day. I mean, these college kids coming up and what they expect and their attitudes and everything else, um, that would be a very curious mix. Yeah, well, you know, Maurice Cheeks was uh, probably be a candidate also. I don't know if they, he played under him, but, you know, he was coaching too. He just got let go last year. Still has some coaching pedigrees out there that can get it done. Um yeah, different kids this coming out. So most of these kids are not ready. That's why you know get. I don't want to tell the kid not don't get your money. I don't know your circumstances, your situations, and and all that. But I think two more years of school, uh, two years of college for these guys coming out, they'll be a lot more ready than they will in one year. Uh, we got a lot of one coming out this year, handful of them that's going to be asked to play right away, and they're not going to be ready. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's a level of maturity that they don't have, and then you take them on the road and put them in the situation with all these pros that have been in the league for quite a while, and it could be a very rude awakening for them where, you know, that's where we see players, and we've talked about this, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, or whatever, you come up from college into the pros, all of a sudden you're a commodity, you're not the top guy anymore, you're a commodity, and uh, the expectations are high because it goes along with the money that you're receiving. And because of that, oftentimes players start to, um, you know, fail. They don't right. do as well as, as expected, and everybody wonders why. Right. Okay, well, we take a, we take a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more basketball. We'll move on to some other things. Quam lot of Sports Talk, Deborah Debris online. On, yeah, she is online. I am online. Yeah, you're online. Uh-huh. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. 
the job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Back to the Carmen Lasso Sports Talk. We are live. It is a Tuesday. We are in our second segment. Deborah Debris is online. Uh, we, were, we were talking basketball. We were talking Phil Jackson uh, taking the front office job, having control of the uh, New York Knicks, basketball control, if you will. Uh, that's just tell me that that organization over there in the Knicks, not that they took Phil Jackson, but that they are in a debacle situation where you're in Madison Square Garden, one of the historical basketball places to play, and you can't put a team in there. People want to come there. You got Carmelo really, in my opinion, because he's from New York, so he felt like an obligation to go back to New York. But you you didn't bring in Amari Stoudemire. You have Chandler. You did have some people that can play. They were still in their prime. Uh, they can win some games. But it's, for some reason, it didn't get done. People want to blame Carmelo a lot because he's a shooter. He doesn't play in defense. Uh, well, that's what you we know that about Carmelo. The ownership should have known that about Carmelo. You had a couple coaches over there in his short time there. I really believe Carmelo Anthony will be playing for the New York um, not the New York Knicks. Oh, it's going to take a lot because they got Phil Jackson. Maybe it's something we don't know because uh, for, to get Phil Jackson, maybe that's a lure to keep Carmelo Anthony. But what else are you going to bring around him? Even though Stoudemire is playing well, he's had uh, uh, a few monster games, back to consecutively games where he was he scored 18 or more points, uh, played well, played like the old Amari Stoudemire did when he was here in the Phoenix Suns, which we shouldn't have got rid of him, but we'll get into some Phoenix Suns talk uh, in a little bit. But even if you bring Phil Jackson in real quick and we'll move on, you still got to have the players on the court who can who can play that, who can run those offenses, play some defense. Uh, that's why I like Chicago because they play defense. Their offensive power in Derrick Rose is not there, but they win basketball games because they stop other teams from scoring. Well, and part of what we've talked about in the past, too, and it's it's very true in this situation as well, is, you know, when you start changing management, changing players and all those types of things, you really, um, and it could be a good thing, but you're really messing with the culture of the team. And to make a decision as to, you know, if Phil is coming in, what is going to be the culture of the team? What's going to be new and different? And then what players are going to respond well to him and his style, uh, including a coach that would, you know, be under him, and then, you know, the players. Is Carmelo uh, the type of player that will respond well to Phil? And can Phil offer Carmelo what he's looking for, which, like you mentioned, is, you know, I, I want a ring. Yeah. He, he, 
that guy's been around. He's, he's considered himself as one of the elite basketball players, and I think he is also. Carmelo yeah. can score anywhere. It's not that he don't have any help, but he doesn't have any consistent help because Chandler's been hurt for a while. Stoudemire's been hurt. Stoudemire's still going off these knee and ankle injuries, um, but he just needs some consistent help, and he needs to show up as well sometimes. Sometimes he, I think he had his lowest 10-point game ever uh, this year. But that's just the – I don't know if that's the atmosphere. You can't be off that much. You find a way to get you – the super superstars, they find a way to get you 20 points, 20 yeah, points absolutely. in a game. Yeah, they yeah. don't phone it in that no matter what's going on or, uh, you know, team-wise that they're going to play their, their hardest. Yeah, um, he, here's, what, here's, here's the game from last night. Phoenix Suns lose to the Clippers 105-112. The Hawks beat the uh, Jazz by two. Magic lose 98 to the Bucks 105 the Wizards, this is an interesting game I want to talk about also briefly. The Wizards, uh, they lose to the Miami Heat. But I didn't know the Miami Heat was on a three-game skid. I didn't know they was they had lost three games in a row. You talk about that team and, and where they are, or who they are actually, and it being 15 games left in the year, in the season, that they can have a go on a three-game skid, especially when there's the, we, the huge talk about the MVP. Uh, but LeBron was out with a broken nose, but he came back and went 61 points or 60-something points, 61. How do you lose three games if you're the Miami Heat? Three games in a row. Well, and that's the thing. And, I mean, that's setting, you know, the momentum. Again, this time of year, guys can be getting tired. But as you mentioned, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, that's the way the game is played, and they're supposed to have the resilience to play all season long. Um, um Oh, shoot. One of the things that's going on is this concern. uh, LeBron has complained about the uniforms, (laughs) that his arm is restricted because of the uniforms, and therefore he's not able to play the game that he's used to playing. You know what that is? The lead trying to hide. In a minute they're going to have on turtlenecks, so let me... Yeah, that's commercializing. Yeah, they're going to have on turtlenecks because the the lead trying to hide all those tattoos. Yeah, well, the players are their new um, living, breathing mannequins for you know other clothes that they can sell. Right. They the I, I don't like the um, the short sleeve, the short long sleeve um, basketball jerseys uh, either. But everybody has to play in them. You got to figure out how to do it. Yeah, you get past it. You get past it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, LeBron, he set the tone though. LeBron James set the tone uh, at the pregame. We took a fourth quarter lead. Wade hit 13 of his 22 points in the final period. So Wade, he really went off in his game. He was uh, the catalyst that got them over the hump so they didn't win in the fourth games. And he, in doing one of his press conferences at the end, he said they really needed that game. Well, you do need that game because even though the Indiana Pacers, a team that's probably going to give you a run for your money this year coming out of the East, they had a three-game losing skid as well. And, and for these top two teams, and not just coming out of the East, but these are top two teams in the, in the association, in the whole league, to have those skids right now. 46, this is the record of the Miami Heat, 46 and 17. 46 and 16 is the Indiana Pacers, and the, both of these guys have lost three games in a row. So I don't understand how that's happened with the caliber team. You did mention they, they are tired. So here's where the bench coming to play. Right. I can see Indiana losing, well, I can't because they're such a good team, but they lost three games. I can't really see that the Miami Heat can do that because they have a bench. They have guys that can come off that bench and shoot. You still got uh, Ray Allen coming off the bench. You got all those guys uh, over there with the uh, Bradley Bill. You got those guys coming off the bench that can can put these points up. 
Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, these guys coming off the bench should be coming off uh, with that attitude of, I'm going to show you why I should be in the number one slot. Yeah, and, and then um, follow the um, follow the game plan, and it still works. If you've got a game plan or a set plays, that's when the coaches – that's when the coaches got to take over. Even when you lose two games, coaches got to figure a way, let these guys play themselves out of it or let me call some plays where they can build their confidence because there's some set plays where you can get some confident shots or you can get it down low. But you, you're talking about Eric Sprosa, who's a, which I think he's a team guy. Uh, he let those guys go out there and play, play yourself out of your trouble because during the playoffs you may have to do that anyway because you have this long stretch of games that you got to play throughout the East, and you got to play the best team in the West, possibly the best team in the West. So I, yeah. I, I understand when coaches let teams work themselves out. Because well, and that's the thing. You go back and look at, you know, in Jordan's day, it's the same type of thing, that when he was off and he would miss a bunch of shots in a row that, you know, two-pointers, three-pointers didn't matter, he would miss them, they didn't pull him. No. You know, they, let, they knew that all he needed to do was keep shooting because when he kept shooting, it would come back. And that's the same with these guys. They need to do that same type of thing. The other thing I wanted to mention about, you know, losing at this point, whenever you uh, are a team that should be winning, is there's two sides of that. I mean, you've got, you know, actually the loss that can interrupt your momentum, especially when you have two and now three games in a row that you've lost. Right. Uh, so it, it messes with the momentum as well as the uh, – you know, the, that winning attitude. Um, the other side of it is the team that won and, you know, the team that wins against the team, you know, against the Miami Heat where they're looking and say, well, there's no way you should have won against them, and yet they do. So it can really pump them up and start changing, you know, the win-loss records of these teams because you've got two, you know, it's like a, a, you know, two different aspects of the win-loss where one gets pumped up and the other's, you know, getting that, um, you know, I don't know if I can do this type of attitude. Right, but they, you, the Miami Heat's losing, they, they won their fourth game, so they lost three in the ring, but we are talking, let's let's move over to the Suns, you alluded to a little bit. Suns are busy fighting. They have they are fighting hard, but they played the... Uh, physically fighting, Griffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Griffin had a monster game, he ended up with 37 points, uh, you, you had Jordan over there with 17. Griffin has turned into, he's already been that that superstar by image, uh, the, just jumping out of the gym, he's perfecting He's perfecting that twelve footer, that shot, but he's still he's still able to get to the basket. He's still able to do those things. Now, when the Suns lost this game, this is their second straight loss to the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, they lost at home, then they went to the Staples Center and they lost uh, last night to the Clippers. But the statistical, the categories are not that far off. They field goals are forty five percent. That should be better when uh, you can you can look at the field goals for the Clippers. Most of those are dunks. Most of those are two feet from the rim and. Free throws, 69% to 71%. Uh, Three-point field goals, the Suns have them there, 35%. Uh, Clippers was 28%. They're not a real three-point team anyway. Uh, the assists, everything is close to a 22 to 25 in assists. Steals were even at 11. Turnovers, we turned the ball over 16 times. We, the Phoenix Suns, the turnovers, uh, the Clippers 21 times. Fouls against the uh, points, 28 bonus points, 20, 25 bonus points for the Suns, 28. This is why I say... The Suns has been an up, up and down, that roller coaster team, whereas they've beaten teams that you thought, okay, you, well, from the outside looking in, you think this is going to be a tough one. They might lose this one, but let's see how they play it. And they've beaten those teams, and then they come to teams where they're going to have to play in the playoffs, and you got to find a way to beat the Los Angeles Clippers because you're going to have to see them again if you make it to the playoffs. But if you keep losing games and sliding, the Phoenix Suns might not – they might knock themselves right out of, to the ninth seed. They go from the sixth to the seventh. 
and that's a half a game difference, but they losing games like this. They have the Clippers. I'm sorry. They have the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers coming in tomorrow night. These are games you have to win down the stretch. That's why I say they are one veteran leadership away from being a successful, uh, consistent ball team. Well, and you've got somebody like, uh, you know, P.J. Tucker who gets, you know, ejected from the game, might even get suspended because of the fighting with Blake, uh, Blake Griffin. And, you know, Griffin is, you know, he's known for agitating players. He's kind of like a Rodman that, you know, you should know when you're going against somebody like that that you've got to be able to keep your cool and ignore the agitation that he's going to throw at you because getting ejected from the game and now possibly suspended certainly isn't going to help the Suns. For a long time, everyone said Blake Griffin wasn't tough. He wasn't tough. But Blake Griffin, you can be tough and you can be smart. Both of those uh, fails well for you if you know how to use them. Right. So he can agitate you all you want to, and then he backs away from the fight. Robin, uh, Robin didn't do a lot of fighting. Robin, uh, Dennis Rodman agitated you. Right. And then he backed away. and held, oh, yeah. held, no, He was doing it purely for the agitation. Oh, yeah. He wasn't looking for the fight. He was just looking to win. Oh, he was a genius. He was on the field, yeah, Jackson. Yeah. He, he, but this guy, um, uh, they talked about Blake Griffin not being tough. He's not being that guy, this guy. He puts up 37 points. He's tough enough. He's getting it done for his team. His team is winning. Tucker had no business. Yeah, he, he got into a whole lot of, of that. But that was the game itself. They were just agitating each other. Yeah. And Tucker couldn't take it anymore. Drogic ended up with 23 points. Um, he had five assists, but that's not that's not going to be enough when you got the Clippers leaderboard. When you got three guys in double figures and and their point guard and Chris Paul having eleven assists and putting up uh, points, Jordan having uh, seventeen rebounds. That that's that's a team winning. That's a team uh, clicking together. You you don't get these. Uh, Tucker end up with ten rebounds. I mean that's that's good because he was on a pace to have more, but you get thrown out the game. Well, yeah, and that's scoring across the team rather than one one player putting up all the points. Right. And that's what you need, you know, because you don't know who to guard at that point because everybody's scoring. The Phoenix Suns, and I think um, Jeff Hornacek is doing a good job over there. I think he's building some uh, momentum going into the future, into the future. But you do need need that veteran leadership. You you do need that veteran scoring, score, a guy who can come on. Uh, You do have to have a strong bench. I'm not even sure if Barbosa is still on that team, but they signed him to two day, two ten day contracts, and I got to look on this roster and see if he's still up here because I'm trying to figure out why haven't I heard anything about Barbosa? And he, you do not let that guy go. He's a guy you want to keep on the roster. We'll come back. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more basketball. We'll move into some football as well. Kwamela Sports Talk, Debra Debris Online. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? 
Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. Trying to get out. Just follow me. I'll get you. You can try and read my lyrics off, but it's paper before I lay them. Hey, welcome back to the Formula of Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. It's the number if you want to join the show. We got this segment and one more afterwards, and we are out of here. It is Taco Tuesday. I got to find me a place to get some tacos. Spivey, you want, you're trying to eat? Junior Spivey's on the line with us. Got Deborah Debris on the line with us. Uh, don't forget Armadillo's Grill, March 25th. We would be doing a live remote there. I just got dizzy. I need to go see my doctor. Hey, welcome back to the show, <laughs> Deborah. We were talking about the Phoenix Suns uh, pulling it off. The Phoenix Suns tried to make a comeback. They have, I think they're very close to uh, what they need as far as the team, but they are, they are a player or two away. Definitely leadership. Definitely somebody who can be on the court in the final minutes uh, to get these guys over the hump. I think Drogic would be okay. I think he'd be fine. He's turned into a leader. You remember him being in the Suns initially? They let him go and go to Houston. He goes get his contract, and then the Suns got to overpay him to get him back. Um, that's the that's the deal with the Suns. That's one of my problems with the Suns since I've been in Arizona. You let guys go that they go somewhere else and flourish, but you know just keep them here and build with them. Let these guys grow. Then you have a consistent basketball team. You got who knows the elements, who knows the city, knows the town. They're comfortable. They know they're going to be here. They get a rapport with guys who's been there for five plus years. Uh, you know what free agency guys are in and out. And basketball deals are long-term deals, and it's guaranteed money. So you be, you, you keep that team together. The Pacific Division would be a lot better when the Suns play a lot better basketball. I think that's in my opinion because then you have the Lakers, you have San Antonio who's who's been dominating that, uh, along with the Lakers. Now you got Oklahoma City, you got the Los Angeles Clippers. You got these teams that they have to play, and they have to face them. So you have to be able to beat them in a regular season because when you face them, that mindset, and Deborah, you know this, the mindset and the mind games come into play. Well, they did beat us, or did we have somebody out? I don't care you was on the floor. You got you to gotta be able to get over that hump and beat these teams that you're going to have to face year in, year out. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have you got to have ways in place already. It's pre-planned routines that whenever you start feeling that downward motion, that you can grab hold of it really quick and get yourself motivated and back in the game again. Oh, and I talk and I talk about Drogic, Goran Drogic getting twenty-three points. He had three in the first half of the game, and he had twenty in the second half. He has to do better as far as scoring. I know he orchestrates the ball, and then you got Chris Paul. You putting that work in, but you don't have to guard Chris Paul the entire night. That's why the rotation comes in. And they have to be doing that. 
They did try. Go ahead. Oh, a couple things. That's one of the things that I, I hear so often when I, when I first start working with guys. I don't care if it's a golfer and it's the first shot of the game, football player, they've got to get that first play under their belt, you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, my thoughts are that's a belief system that if you figure you have to, you know, get that first quarter over with, well, that's a bunch of BS, quite frankly, is that if that's your attitude going in, is I've got to get past that so I can get past the nerves so I can play well, get over that. You know, there's, there's routines to get over that so you start out playing at your absolute best and then stay that consistency and have the tools and techniques in place to have the resiliency to play the first quarter as well as you played the last or the first inning as well as you played the last. Um, so I just I don't believe in that, and I teach my players how to get past that attitude. Uh, one other thing, you talked earlier before the break about uh, Barbosa. I mean, he's in his second 10-day contract. That's got to be a little unnerving for him, you know, not knowing what's going on. And then you go into a game, and you're you know, not sure if you're going to be putting that same uniform on in a few days or not. Well, it shouldn't be unnerving for him because I think he's one of the better sons there, and they got him on a 10-day contract. I know he was out last year, but... That, he came in and he gave those guys a spark, and they pl- when they played, he was there when they was when they was playing the uh, Indiana Pacers at home and went on the road. The thing yeah. about it, the, I think to me, the the ten day contracts is like a free agent, like it's, it's almost exactly. like a uh, Tells you were shopping. a franchise tag. You're using it for your benefit, but you can't do it any more than two times. You either have to let the guy go, or you have to sign him, give him a chance to go somewhere else, or you have to sign him after the second ten day contract. We got Junior Spive on the line. Yes, you do. Oh, Junior. Yeah, we were talking. Welcome. Well, thank you. We were talking about the songs, Bobby, and um, how they at this I, I, at this point yeah, they at this point. Man, I think you know he's a pretty good ball player. A lot of guys, he's a systems player. If he's not in the right system, he's just not going to fit. And I, I think he's a systems player. Um, he played well, uh, uh, you know, in the Sun system before, and I just think he's a, he's a system player. So, you know, um, he's he's a definitely good ball player. I like him a lot. Yeah, and I think the Suns are probably one player. They're Kevin Long away. Kevin Young, I mean, Kevin Love away from being a really, really good team. See, Alex think Kevin Love was going there, too. Kevin Love, uh, and, I, and I said that. I said, Alex said Kevin Love's going to the Lakers. I said Kevin Love is coming to the Suns, uh, and, and they'll be. Then you got the uh, Morris brothers, Markeith. You got those guys that uh, both of those guys were playing, and the Suns were able to get him from Sacramento to hang play with his brother. You got uh, Drogic. You got, uh, I think, um, and keep Barbosa because I like his game. It's a street game. Uh, I don't see anybody defending him. He plays great defense. When I see him on the court, he goes hard every time. And you need that guy. Even if you're bringing him off the bench, you need a guy like that who goes hard all the time. They do have, uh, actually, they do have a guy on the bench who haven't played most of the year because he, he hurt his knee or hurt something. But he's, uh, his contract is up, so I don't know what that's about. Is he waiting for the season to end? But the Suns, they are a veteran guy away, a veteran leadership away. So on top of that, Kevin Love being a scorer who can create his own point, baskets, shots. And that's what the Suns are going to need if they're going to con- continue and consistently compete in this specific division. You guys this? Absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But they tried to make a comeback. Sure, it, it, they tried to make a co- comeback, but the Clippers was just too much for them. Too much for him. So, and I was down in um, I was down in Old Town this weekend, and and spring. I haven't been to a basketball a baseball game yet, and I may be um, I may go Friday. I think I may go to a, the Dodgers. I know you got tickets, but I think I might have some tickets, Bobby. Dodgers okay. and the um, and the um, Diamondbacks are playing Friday, I believe. Are the Dodgers? Let's do it. Yeah, that would be a good one. That would be a little a little preview. 
That's a dog. What we're going to see on the 22nd, so that'll be good. Do you, um, let me ask you this. Do you suggest that the um, Diamondbacks pitchers throw, don't wait to Australia, but they throw at Puig? No, why would they want to throw at Puig? What did Puig do? He didn't do anything. He's you know, the best that's, player. That's, like, I have a real serious problem with that. I have a problem I, with Ian Kennedy hitting Puig in the face. Right, that's 100 miles per hour possible. Not, uh, I'm sorry. That's 100 miles per hour coming at your face. That's, that's not a fair fight, baseball to face. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I got a problem with you aiming at a guy that um, he's up to bet to hit the ball, but you are you on the mound to hit him, and I got a problem with that because the reaction time of that ball coming and him he being able to move out the way, you that's that's life threatening right there. Yeah, and that's nanoseconds. You've got to make that decision whether to stay in there or move. Yeah, but you just don't throw it someone's head. No, yeah. I don't. I don't. He, he was wrong what he did, and there's no way, there's nothing that can justify what he did. He was in the wrong, and if I'm his teammate, I do. You're wrong, plain and simple. So there's nothing they can say or, or, or do to justify what he did. Right. No, I, I, I don't know if the Dodgers, I don't know if they're going to ever retaliate, but me, if I'm on that team, if, if, you know, if it's, if it's me, we we got to send a message, man. You know, we're, just, we're not going to go for that. Don't every crazy. team don't every team have a guy that you you send somebody to? Every team should have that guy, no, uh, but it, it should be a team every, thing. Everyone who, who who pitches in who's in that who's on that pitching staff has a responsibility and a duty to protect your teammates and to have your teammates back. Plain and simple. So it doesn't matter who has the ball that day. You know, somebody's going to get hit. <laughs> not necessarily saying you're going to get hit in the face. Or in the head, above the shoulders. You're going for the but ribs. You're going to get hit. You know, we got to send a message. Um, you know, and I think that's what happened to the Dodgers last year. They they didn't send a message. You know, they got hit. I think I forget I forget who took them out of the playoffs. I believe it was the, was it the Cardinals. I can't remember exactly who took them out, but Haley going into the playoffs. Haley was the hottest hitter they had, and they hit him, broke his rib. He's out of the series. He took the best hitter out. So when you don't send a message the next, next same game or the next day, you know it's you're done. No, I, I hear that. I don't understand um, why it has to even come to this. Why the Diamondbacks feel like they even have to throw at him or or throw at him, I should say. Well, I, I just think you know, please, a lot of people don't like his antics. A lot of people don't like him. A young rookie coming over here and never playing the big league. Well, that's that's the, that's the Dodgers' responsibility. They need to calm him down. They need, that's that, why, that why is, calm him down. Well, you don't. Why well, calm him down? He, okay. What, what I mean by this. You do have to have some type of class. You can come up with all that energy because you need that. That's what got you to the league. But you do have to show respect to your teammates, the the league, who it is. I, I've, I've always thought that you show you and you can never be bigger than any game you're playing in. You can never be bigger than that game because there's gonna be somebody after you. But I'm not saying don't be who you are. I'm not saying that at all because who he is has gotten him into the league and and had him playing well. Um, but you 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 don't have to. If you hit the ball, I have no if you don't problem have, with what Tweed does. I, if, I don't have a problem. If you hit the ball, even though, even though, and, and and I'm not a Dodger fan. Believe me, I don't I don't care too much for the Dodgers. I'll root for one person over there. Outside of that, uh, I I don't mind his antics. I mean, if if you, if you don't like him doing what he's doing, don't pitch to him. If you if you're getting him out, he's not doing none of that. You have to, you know. So get him out. That's my thing. I have a, I don't have a problem with a pitcher pimping on the mound. I don't have a problem with a with a with a batter pimping home runs. See, I've always you know, had like I, it, do something about it. I've I've always <laughs> had a problem with a showboat, and I, and I know I, I hear what you're saying as far as you get him out, or if you don't want a guy dancing in the end zone, defend him well. 
But right. you, I mean, I, I don't mind the dancing to an extent, but not when you're showing out somebody. You caught the touchdown. That's showing him up already. He couldn't. He couldn't stop you right there. So if you're gonna do something, celebrate. You celebrate with your team. You don't celebrate in the face of somebody. I've, I've never had a. I've always had a problem with that type of showing out, but not if you celebrating with your team. I mean, you work all year, all offseason to be able to make those type of plays. There's no reason why you shouldn't celebrate. But when I'm showing you up, if I if I pick the ball off on you and I got you covered, I'm showing you up right there. I, I just showed you up, you you and your quarterback. So yeah, I don't have to I don't have to dance in your face and do all that stuff. No, no. Well, that's the thing. Show them up, like you just said. Show them up through your skill and your talent and your ability to get things done. Whether you're you know, no matter what, you know, baseball, football, basketball, it doesn't matter. Um, show up and be yourself. If you're a high-energy player, then get out there, kick ass, and make things happen. But you don't have to hurt other people in order for you to uh, perform at your highest level. In fact, if anything, it's going to take you down from being able to do that, and it could affect the other team members on the uh, your other team members from being able to play uh, as well. Because everybody starts getting all charged up, and you know they start forgetting about the game, and they're just going for uh, revenge. Is Spivey, let me ask you, is the is the Diamondbacks the team this year um in this division? I, no, I wouldn't say Because you got the Giants. I mean, don't forget about paper, the Giants. On, on paper it is definitely the Dodgers on paper. Yeah, paper don't but win though. I think the Giants have made some moves, you know, as well as the Diamondbacks to to basically compete against those guys. I mean it's it's gonna be a good division. Last year I would say it's probably one of the worst divisions in baseball. Um, in my opinion. But this year, I think, you know, they're going to be right up there at the top, man, because it's going to be highly competitive all the way through. And you can't sleep on Colorado as well, man. It's going to be it's a good division. And uh, they made they made the right moves, and I think the right pieces are in place for everybody. I mean, everyone in that division, everyone has made made some noise in the offseason and made some moves to make themselves better. I say the Giants, uh, they wasn't in the picture last year, but they've always been in the picture, uh, especially uh, when they won, when they win, won every other uh, Well. Yeah, I think they were in the pitch. I just think yeah. the, the, the hey, the Dodgers get they just got even the Diamondbacks was in the mix. The Dodgers got so hot and for a long period of time with the help of Puig, Puig and Hanley Ramirez, Hanley and what Kershaw did dominating and with Grinky and all those other guys. I just think they just got hot, man, and they they rode that that way for a long time. They got hot at the right time and they never looked back. The um. Barry Bonds, without a doubt, say he belongs in the Hall of Fame, but he's over there at the San Francisco Giants uh, betting coach. Um, so that uh, that in itself will make it better, make that team um, a little better. And you got a lot of guys over there just just want to hear from him. This is out of the, a lot of publications that I read about, some stuff I saw on TV. But they're excited that they excited that he's there. They excited that oh, he's yeah, there. that's too much knowledge there. You know, regardless of what people may think of, of Barry, there's so much. There's a wealth of knowledge that you can't get from anywhere else. I mean, he grew up in the game. You know, his godfather is Willie Mays. So that's so much knowledge there, and Barry knows so much that can help anyone in baseball if they're around him, man. So I think it's a it's a good move for them, and it's great to have to see him back in the game, so to speak. I think for the, for the Suns, um, for the, um, not the Suns, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I think it's going to come down to their pitching, man. They, got, they had to upgrade their pitching over there, uh, they made some moves to do that. They couldn't get the. They actually made <clears throat> a move to get the guy who went to New York. The uh, was he from Ch- Japan or China? You you know for sure. They, he was with the Yankees now. The, the pitcher. No, is it with the Yankees? 
trying to think who you're talking about. Um, yeah, he, they paid a lot of money to Japan. Or the Yankees have them now. Or somebody has the Yankees. Yankees have Tanaka. Tanaka, yeah. Japan, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. but the Diamondbacks, uh, it was interesting to see. It was it was good to see, actually, that they tried to make a run for him, and they was going to overpay him to just, you know, to get there. My problem with uh, that, you got to pay him just to talk to him when they come from Japan, when they come from oh, over yeah. there. Yeah, you do, you do. I just think, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to, you know, invest some money in their pitching. And I think they're going to have to, you know, build their, their minor league system. And, you know, they're just a few pieces away. They're not that far off, but they need some veterans over there. They need some leadership. Um, and pitching, pitching, you need two pitchers, man. Two pitchers, you can win it all. So you need two pitchers to get out at the right time. You need the, uh, so, two pitchers like two, you guys two have. Ones. You need two, two number ones <laughs> to do it. Two number ones to get it done. That'll get, that'll get, that'll get it done in the playoffs. That'll get it done easily. That'll get you to the playoffs. That'll get, that'll definitely get it done. And get it done in the playoffs. <clears throat> Let's move over to some football. Okay. Uh, Revis, you remember his contract. You guys remember his contract. He signed yeah. a $60 million, um, no guaranteed football. Uh, when he left the Jets, they let him go, or he wanted to go. I think it was just it, it became an ego thing. You gonna try to trade me without even talking to me? You was just in my face. I understand that. Uh, so Rivas got a little upset about that, which rightfully so. You were just in his face talking to him. You come to visit him, say everything's gonna be okay. You are gonna be a jet. And I think this more management than it was uh, Rex Ryan. So he gets traded to. Um, actually, he gets let go. I believe he goes to um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Signs a sixty million, and I thought this contract was crazy. Sixty million, no guarantees. And now we're talking about Revis being up. They're trying to trade him now because I think he's guaranteed by Wednesday, by tomorrow, 1.5 in roster bonus, and then he gets about a $6 million for his contract coming up. Uh, so now <clears throat> I have no idea why. I think he just wanted to prove that his knee was fine, and he did that by going to the Pro Bowl, having a good year over in Tampa by going to the Pro Bowl. Lovey Smith takes the job. They fire their head coach. Lovey Smith gets the job over in Tampa. It's hard for a new coach to come in and have to eat up that contract when for that number that Revis is getting and there's no guarantee. So now it becomes all business. Now you have to get rid of probably one of the best corners or the better corners in the league, and then you can get like two players for that for that amount of money. So Revis is now about to be looking for another team. And one of the, one of the names I heard was San Fran. I think he, because they letting go of Carlos Rogers, who was hurt, who was injury hurt last year. But bringing the Reeves would be a good deal. Is it just business? But the money, yeah. It's but the yeah, money. Yeah. But yeah. what do you want a player to do when he holds out and, and when those things happen? When you can let him go at any time? See, it was crazy for it was crazy for me to see that Reeves took a deal that didn't have any guarantees in it, didn't have any signing bonus or anything like that in it. That he put that much faith in an owner who's never played or an owner who's a businessman, an owner who's never gonna have a knee uh, knee injuries or concussions or anything like that from a physical accident or unless he just slip or fall. But to put that much stock into that type of business and not take it, it's, it's just crazy for me to see. So yeah, obviously it's just all business. Deal. I mean, that just doesn't make sense at all. You know? Yeah, to put that much stock into someone and not get anything out of it. But he, got, he just proved, what, what I think he did was prove that he's still one of the better corners because he went to the Pro Bowl. Not that he just went to the Pro Bowl, but he played at a high level because the Pro Bowl, you know, when you watch it, anybody can go there. Um, but now they put a lot of onus on Darrell Revis on the trading blocks 
and being cut. But you don't put that on Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith would love to have a good corner like Darrell Revis. It's just that contract. And I was wondering why I've never heard any reports of renegotiating his contract or trying to give him a different contract. It's just that Revis is on the trading bo- blocks because of, because of it. But that's a curiosity, too, from Revis's end. Is it, uh, is he want the money or does he want to play? You know, I mean, typically you want both, obviously. That's, you know, that's the ideal situation, but which is more important to him. And for some guys, they want to play so bad that they'll, you know, cut the money in order to stay in and be on a team that's, you know, potential to get a ring. Well, last year he signed. Yeah, that would be crazy for him to be Ninety-six. It has, it has to be about the money. Yeah. Be because they, the way they treat you, the way the owners, <laughs> with what you're sacrificing, it, it ha- the money has to come first. Oh, you right. have to secure yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the money is obviously important, and especially guaranteed money because of the, you know, you look at the position and stuff and the possibilities of him being injured. It was a um, $96 million deal. Reavers would cry by the Buccaneers with a trade from the Jets uh, in a first-round condition or a fourth-round. So if they get a rate of now, they get a, they get a third-round. If they trade him, they get a fourth round. But the deal was worth $96 million, no guarantee. Every year he was owed $13 million. Uh, for the, well, right now he's owed $13 million for the next five years. He has a 1.5 roster bonus uh, due March 13th. So they're going to cut him before March 13th. Right. They could trim up a, a $16 million on the cap for 2014 and then go out there and get about two or three players. <clears throat> Well, that's the thing. You talk about the business standpoint, and it's it's really to go back to two sides of this, too. The player has to look at it and realize that he is a business. And just as Junior said, is it's about the money. It's I'm putting my, my body, my mind, my emotions, my everything on the line every single day through practice and then in the game as well. And, you know, I need to get paid for that because this is a long-term deal for me. I'm only going to pay X amount of years, but the long-term is what's the effect after I leave the game. And I need to be paid up front now for what I'm going to experience later after I'm out of the league. Well, hopefully he never, no one ever signed a silly deal like that again. <clears throat> I know it looked, it looked good up front, $96 million. It looked good up front, and you think you got confidence in yourself. But the, not when you have owners and not when you have a lead and the, and the things they've hidden as far as retired players and, and the concussions and all the injuries and stuff like that. You can really trust a, a franchise or ownership like that. Not Tampa Bay specifically, but the lead itself. <clears throat> yeah, the lead itself. $96 million deal. Yeah, it looks good. And for, oh. and for the next five years, he's owed $13 million with a roster bonus before 13. But March here's th- my question in that, too. Where's the agent in all this? Because the agent is supposed to be protecting the player. You know, and the agent is supposed to be the one that has, you know, has the, the legal background and all the information necessary in order to negotiate a good contract and protect the player. But when a player, you know, sometimes not everybody, but coming out of college, they're not used to all the business aspects of it. They're used to playing. If you're not, a, if you're not one of those top guys, to answer your question real quick because we've got to get out of here, but the, um, if you're not a guy coming out and you don't have one of the top agents in the game, you don't need an agent. If you know the game after some experience and being in it for a while, all you got to do is get a lawyer to read the paperwork and see if it's right, and you sign that, and you pay a lawyer a flat fee, a one-time fee, and all that money comes to you. So it is interesting to, to see, to find out where is the agent in all this deal, who is, who is his agent. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys that are at a certain, when they got to a certain point, well, they just got a lawyer to read that contract. Well, the contracts are all pretty much the same. There's some addendum-type information on it, but the base of it is all the same for everybody. Right. Well, that's unfortunate, though. 
that he's um, now looking for a new team. Probably end up in San Fran. If he ends up in San Fran with that type of defense, uh, this is what I saw. Or Seattle. Or, or C- oh, Seattle. He ends up in Seattle. It's, it's a wrap. It's back to the championship. It's back to the Super Bowl. We're going to get out of here. Thanks, Junior Spivey, uh, Deborah Debris. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, uh, no problem. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, we will be back Thursday. We are off on Wednesday. Don't forget, on March 25th, we will all be at the uh, Armadillo's restaurant um, from 10 to 12, live remote. Come out and enjoy. Make some calls. We'll keep posting it out there. Appreciate the show time. Appreciate the call, guys. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.